the Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to Horse and Hound's special daily podcasts from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound and also eventing editor. I'm joined by three of my colleagues who are also here at Burley with me, Lucy Elder, Martha Terry and Gemma Redrup. We're sitting in a little row on a ledge just outside the uh, media centre trying to escape from uh, the wind, which seems to be whistling around a little bit at Burley this week. But hopefully we've chosen a good spot and uh, you're going to be able to hear us. We've got an exciting day of action to review. It was the second day of dressage today. So uh, we talked at the end of our podcast yesterday about whether anybody was going to slip ahead of Sarah Bullimore and Coraway. And I think three of the four of us said no, and we were all wrong. Martha said yes, but she didn't choose the right person. But uh, (laughs) there were two tests that got ahead of that Sarah Bullimore test today. So Lucy, you kick us off by telling us about the first, well, not the first, I think we'll go, we'll go from top to bottom. Tell us about the current leader, Lucy. The current leader. So yes, Pippa, I was very confident, wasn't I? I remember being very confident in my prediction that nobody was going to go ahead of uh, Sarah Bullimore yesterday. Um, But today we have a new leader, as you said, we have Kitty King and the wonderful, great Vondadry Bietz, or Froggy as he's known. And they did a, it was a stunning test to watch. It was just, the whole thing flowed. It was so beautifully elegant. And I believe, and looking at her results, I believe it's the best international test of Kitty's career. Um, they scored 21.2, which took them right to the top of the leaderboard. And Kitty was really quite emotional afterwards, um, after finishing her test. And then again, when she saw the score, um, she said she came here with a point to prove. And she made it crystal clear, really. Um, what that point was Um, and it was to show the selectors basically um, she'd been targeting the world championships and she's not on the squad heading to Petone um, but she is now in the lead at Burley the judge at sea gave her a 10 for harmony Uh, the scores were consistently good all the way through she was you know it was a really good smattering of 8.5s and 9s from the judges at C&M and it was yeah it was a joy to watch really Yeah, it was a beautiful test by Kitty. And Lucy, you had a chance to speak to Kitty after her test and we can hear from her now. I was just uh, thrilled with him. He was absolutely fantastic. He was so with me, so rideable and, you know, really focused on what I was asking him to do. So I just, yeah, couldn't be more proud of him. And tell me about your hopes, your expectations coming into Burley this week. What was your plan coming here? I mean, my plan was to put it bluntly, stick two fingers up at selectors and say, should have taken me. So we've got a point to prove and, you know, we'll be putting our best foot forward tomorrow. Um, You know, that's the plan. Well, it was in fact the very first horse in this morning who uh, was the first horse to sneak ahead of Sarah Bullimore and Caraway today. Gemma, tell us about that one. Yeah, so as you say, first in this morning, and it was Tim Price uh, on the second of his three rides on Vitali. They scored 21.3, so just 0.1 of a penalty behind Kitty. Um, And it was pretty flawless, to be honest with you. He didn't sort of make a mistake or drop any marks anywhere. He didn't get a 10 like Kitty did, but he did score um, very well. And yeah, Tim was delighted with him. he sort of said he knew that he was capable of that kind of score, but for him to stay with him and, and put it all together, um, he said it was exceptional for him. So, yeah, no, he was really happy. He said he's a funny horse um, in a way because when he's good, he can go how he did. 
but when he gets nervous, he's, he loses his you know, his brain a little bit and there's sort of nothing there. So he was, yeah, understandably delighted with him. And I think the progression we've seen in that horse, sort of having only joined him, I think, in the beginning of 2021, being his Olympic horse, so a little bit of a surprising choice for the Olympics, maybe with the depth of the prize string, to be taking a horse that you haven't had that long and the progression that we've seen from Tokyo to uh, being second after dress sergeant Burley is pretty impressive. We can hear from Tim now. You're just riding, feel, feeling the balance and the frame and the rhythm and it just feels nice and everything comes out of that, you know, the spline changes, nothing alters and having, you spend your life trying to do good dressage and, you know, never, never having it go the way you want it to go most of the time. Um, so yeah, it felt good. So we then had to wait till the very last session of the day to get our uh, final two sort of best tests of the day. Um, Martha, tell us about those, uh, those good tests that came in the final session. Um, so the very last rider to go was the one I thought might go into the lead, which was Oliver Townend and Swallow Springs. I have to say, having seen Kitty's test, you really thought, can anyone possibly beat that? It was sublime. Um, and he started... He started very well. Um, he just had one costly flying change, which brought the marks down. Otherwise, I think he would have been in the top three. As it was, he scored 23.6 and he came fifth. And it's just a measure of just how competitive Oliver is that he was a little bit glum afterwards, I would say, um, for, for scoring 23.6, which I think is the best test that he's ever done at Burley. Um, but you just know how competitive is, he is, that that is disappointing for him. Um, but as he said, when he won on Ballamore Class, he was sixth after dressage. It's quite easy at Burley to make up the ground because the cross country will be tough. So there's plenty more to come from him. Um, and Roz Cantor, produced an amazing test on Pencross Crown Jewel. It completely exceeded her expectation. She was hoping for a sub 30 and she scored 24.2, which puts her sixth. And she's just, Ros is just so sweet when she talks about her horses. She talks about this little Jasmine and I'm very protective about little Jasmine, um, who is, which is what she calls Pencross Crown Jewel. Um, because I think the horse, she says, the horse really dislikes people. So even like walking up into the arena was very scary for her. And, but at the same time, she didn't expect her to get to this level, so everything's a bonus. She's learning along the way, and if she you know, comes home happy, that's, that will mean everything to her. It's just, you, you just, when riders talk about their horses like that, you just, you just want to love them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to do the same as we did yesterday and each pick out another interesting or impressive horse and rider of the day. I'm going to kick this one off. Um, I had a lovely chat earlier today with a British debutante at Burley. She's called Kate Shaplin. She's just 22 years old. Um, she's had her mare since, uh, since Kate was 14 years old as a rider. So they've really grown up and come through the ranks together. My favourite part of this story is that Kate's boyfriend is a farrier and he's made personalised shoes for the mare which say Kate and Libby Libby being her stable name and Burley 2022 20, on them and I've got a picture of that from uh, from Kate which will be going up on the, on the web story about her later tonight or tomorrow so uh, Kate Chaplin Burley debutante to look out for tomorrow let's come to Lucy next well mine is a horse that I think I've talked about probably more than once on podcasts through the year um, and again like Martha I just love the way this rider talks about the horse uh, it's Tom McEwen and CHF Coolizer now they are they put in a really competitive score of 25.6 which I believe is the mayor's best five-star test by quite a long way and um, she is she's a chestnut mare she actually followed one of my other favorite chestnut horses which is uh, Carol Daniels and Ryogan Ruhr she's just fiery she's feisty she's cool she's really talented and I can't wait to see 
what she makes of Derek de Grazia's course. Tom said how she looks for the flags and that kind of edge is what makes her so good, but it also makes it a little bit quirky too. So yeah, can't wait to see them. He was he was quite interesting as well afterwards when we spoke to him, Luce, how he was saying she's a completely different and much better mare in the second mm. half of the season. Like I think a lot of racehorses are like that as well. Um, and yeah, he just said how different she is from Babington since Babington. It's interesting, and isn't it? he adores her as well yeah. <laughs> I first I mean she first caught my eye at Poe last year where she finished second so again that figures doesn't it second half of the season so yeah and when I spoke to Adam Short who's uh, Eliza as CHF Eliza's groom yesterday he said she's a lion and she really fights for it so hopefully that's gonna work out well cross country tomorrow Martha who's uh, who's another horse or rider you'd like to talk about well, Pippa, Pippa Funnel is hardly new to any of us, but I just I find it extraordinary how she keeps on producing these top results, you know, year in, year out. And she's got two in the top ten. She's got Billy Walk on eighth, and today we saw her ride Myers Hope into tenth. And she's, she's made no secret. She's always very honest about her horse, isn't she? And she's made no secret that this horse is not so gifted on the flat. Cross-country is his thing. Um, he's 15 now, um, but he seems to be producing the best tests of his life. I think she's found the key to him. And she told me at Gatcombe that um, she's, a, she's changed her warm-up so that she just canters him out of the saddle as though she's going cross-country. And that made all the difference because I think he kind of sucks behind her leg and, and doesn't want to go forward or he's then too strong. But she seems to have found the key. And, you know, to produce a personal, well, nearly a personal best, actually, um, I think he scored slightly higher at Bicton. Um, and then there's everything to come from him cross-country. So it's pretty exciting for her. Yeah, definitely a horse that can move up the leaderboard. Gemma, who caught your eye today? Yeah, so mine is uh, Bobby Upton, who is riding Cola. They scored 28.3 and sit in 11th after the first phase. Um, it was really interesting with Bobby because obviously she was quite high profile at Babington in terms of the fact she had a lot of media attention with the fact that she was doing her, her university finals at the same time whilst basically competing at Babington. And yeah... It's been it's been interesting to see her this week now that she's not trying to do all of those things and maybe has slightly less attention on her. She yeah scored twenty eight point two, which at Babington they they scored thirty six, and her reasoning for why there's been such a, a difference in it is because she said at Babington she basically got the warm up wrong in but she did too much with him she said beforehand and sort of this a similar thing happened at Hartbury um, last month so with the help of her trainer who's Amy Woodhead um, they've changed it up and he, he, he only today had 15 minutes beforehand which she sort of said is quite a risk because obviously there's a huge atmosphere here at Burley but it, it really worked and yeah, I think you're maybe going to touch on it as well, Pippa, that she's been riding some of Amy's dressage horses at, at home, which is, yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it, that she's getting that experience of riding those high-level horses. Yeah. And uh, again, Lucy spoke to Bubby after her test and asked her how it was going into that Burley Arena for the first time. And uh, we can just hear from Bubby as well, talking about that change in warm-up routine and why she decided to make it. It was amazing, it was so cool, it's such an incredible arena and um, obviously we've made my Babington debut at the start of the year which was the biggest arena I've ever been in and then you've got Burley as well which I'd say is a bit more atmospheric because um, you've got all the um, press on the side so there's a lot of distractions and Cola's a super spooky horse so I wasn't sure how he was going to cope 
particularly when we stripped his warm-up down, we, we halved it um, from badminton. So, um, yeah, really proud of him and just pleased that all the training that I've been putting in with my trainer, Amy Woodhead, has paid off. And that, to halve the warm-up, was that a bit of a risk? Have you tried that elsewhere this season and it's paid off? No, so I haven't tried it anywhere this season. Um, Thorsby, he did a really nice test at the start of the year. Badminton, I gave him an extra 10 minutes because I thought he'd go in and the crowds, he's never seen crowds like this in his life, um, apart from at badminton. So I thought he'd go in at badminton and the crowds would lift him that extra bit and he just didn't care at all. So then I was left with a really flat and long horse and in a test like that, it comes up thick and fast and a flat horse is just a nightmare. So um, I then tried a different warm up at Hartbury and that didn't work either and so I had a long chat with Amy and we were like well we're not going to do the same thing twice um, I'm a big believer in if you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome that's stupidity so um, I uh, yeah, changed the warm-up and risked it and he went in there and it was spot on he was fresh but with me and I'm so proud of him well, before we uh, talk about predictions for tomorrow, I'm just going to uh, mention quickly what else I've been doing today, which is covering the Burley Young Event Horse classes. So that's uh, been uh, been a fun part of the day for me. The five-year-old class this morning was won by a horse called Jack of Clubs, ridden by Robin Gray. Robin might not be a name you know, but you definitely know the rider who first produced this horse because she is Nicola Wilson. Um, the mare was, sorry, the gelding Jack of Clubs was bred by Nicola's mother, Mary Tweddle. His dam is the five-star horse Annie Clover. Um, Robin has been based in Nicola's yard since January, went there to kind of get some experience for riding her own four-star horse and since Nicola's serious accident at badminton she's been riding the young horses and an amazing boost for the yard to have that win today. They had another horse in the top ten in that class as well so that was a super result for the, the Tweddle, Tweddle Wilson clan and, and Robin Gray as a rider. Four-year-old class this afternoon, and that was one by a stallion um, called Cupid March, bred by Tom March, Piggy's husband, and piloted by Piggy herself. Um, a lot of these riders are very busy. Ros had at least three horses in the Young Event Horse classes today, as well as uh, riding Pencross Crown Jewel in the Five Star, and Piggy, obviously, uh, keeping Veneer Camira ready for cross-country tomorrow, as well as riding that uh, four-year-old winner this afternoon. So they're young horses to look out for, maybe here at Burley in the future. We'll be back to talk a bit more about tomorrow after this short break. The Horse and Hound Burley Daily Podcast is supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. The higher the workload, the greater a horse or pony's requirements for essential nutrients like protein, vitamins and minerals, even if they maintain condition on grazing and forage alone. Bailey's Performance Balancer supplies these nutrients without unwanted calories, so it's ideal for providing a healthy, balanced diet for any working good doer. So we've talked a lot about dressage. Let's talk a bit about the cross country tomorrow at Burley. It's the, uh, the big day for sure. We've all had the chance to walk the cross country course now. And what we're going to do is we've each picked out a combination uh, that we think will be influential or interesting to see ridden. And we will chat through them. Lucy, let's kick off with you. I'm going to talk about the Holland Cooper Leaf Pit at Fence 7, which has got seven A, B, C, D, E, F. In fact, there aren't six jumping efforts. It's just Derek de Grazia's the way he's numbered it to lock you into one route or the other. So a lot of those fences have double letters on. Um, the direct route here is you go off the big drop, which is 
part AB, um, down the slope to a really big brush box, and then on a moving kind of upward three strides to a huge corner. Um, there is an alternative here, and it's very long. Uh, if you want to watch Laura Collett walking it, then you can get a real feel of um, of the direct route there. I'm going to put my stick my neck out a little bit here um, because. The long route, you don't have to go off the drop. There's a few, couple of sheep feeders and then you go down a slope on the side of the drop and uh, end with a, a few more sort of jumping efforts around there. Much longer, much longer route than the direct route. But I think if you're going to come to Burley, you need to be prepared to be jumping off the leaf pit. And if you're not, I think you probably need to be asking why. And if you've got a really valid answer for that... yeah. Then, fine you know you've asked that question but I think if you're going to come here it's a five star it's a risk sport it's the top of the sport I think it's a good question early on fence seven to yeah. be to be yeah I you and I we've sat down Lucy and I live in the same town and we sat down and had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago and we both yeah brought it up and sort of agreed about it that if you're here you know why like you say I mean, you probably why? know you're going to have to jump it it's been in the course for a long <laughs> yeah. time I guess maybe the only thing would be if you have an unexpected problem or even if you don't have a fault but something goes that might have knocked the horse's confidence in the first few fences and you want to keep the horse's confidence and build it again for moving right. around the course that might be a yeah. valid reason yeah. but it's just asking yourself that question and if you're able to answer it then fine it's just I think it's never a bad thing is it to be to be putting those questions to yourself I mean I'm yeah I think the same with the Cottesmore Leap. I think I could see you can go through the ditch and then round. And I think Burley, the Cottesmore Leap is Burley, like the Leaf Fit is. And it's, it's something that everyone should go over. I say not having to go over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me too. I that. yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm going to talk a little about the fence that's immediately after the Leaf Pit, number 8AB Defender Valley. Um, this has got quite simple numbering. Numbering, It's quite, it's two elements. So on the direct route, you jump an angled log and then a corner. Um, it'll be on six or seven strides, depending on how bold you are to the corner. The thing that's particularly clever here is the way that Derek has used the terrain. Um, so you really are just riding along the ridge line to the corner and you've really got to hold your line along that ridge line, else you will drift off and miss the corner, basically. So um, you've, you've got to sort of, you know, when we say ride the terrain, we think about riding up and down hills and managing a horse's sort of fitness and energy levels, but there's a lot of different elements to riding the terrain and uh, that's one of them that uh, that might be in play there at, when you come back through Defender Valley for the second time at Fence 8. Martha, coming to you next. Okay, so I've picked Fence 10, which is the Trout Hatchery, and it's 10 A, B, C, D, E, F. A, B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, William Foxbit did actually say that you really have to know your alphabet to, to jump at Derek's courses. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if he was that happy about it. but um, And again, you don't ever have to jump six efforts. 10 A and B might be one fence or um, 10 E and F. Essentially, there are two ponds and you have to go through them twice, whatever route you take. The straight route is a trailer going down a steep hill into the water over a huge brush corner and then turn turning sharp uphill again over another trailer into the water again and over a massive triple brush arrowhead type thing um, if it hasn't gone well you can sort of shirk off after the the big corner and go around and jump a little littler smaller log into the water and then step out and then go all the way around the houses and jump a simple fence on dry land but that's that's quite a long s shape 
or if you don't want to jump the corner in the water you can even jump another fence on dry land the long route is extremely circuitous and i think that um i feel it might dishearten horses having to go all the way around and you know they have to keep turning around and changing direction certainly the the direct route is a direct route but there are some massive jumping efforts and um those those big brushes in water i don't know how much of a drag the water will have because it looks quite shallow but um i think you know it's it's properly the trout hatchery that that you would expect Burley to be. Yeah, it's worth mentioning there's been a change in the numbering there since the course was first set out. So initially, in that way that Derek does with his numbering that we've talked about on the podcast earlier in the week as well, riders were locked into the direct route in the second pond as soon as they jumped the roll top in. They couldn't divert to the to the long route without being penalised, possibly even eliminated, depending on what you did. But they, um, that has now been changed. So if you jump the roll top into the water and your horse stumbles or you don't have a great jump in, you can divert to the long route. You don't have to jump that skinny in the water water to remain penalty free but obviously you'll be taking a longer route that takes a bit more time so that's interesting that we're just seeing the officials there responding to some some concerns and thoughts from the riders and it's good when officials and riders can collaborate like that for a, for a good day and, and and the safety of the sport ultimately um we have one more person to talk about about a fence Gemma. yeah uh, so my pick is the defender at the dairy farm which is fences 17 and 18 abc 17 it's quite a big sort of table fence and then you've got to skirt through some sort of trees and under some branches and turn right and go up a very steep mound and then jump a corner on on top of the mound you don't have much time to organize yourself at the top of the mound before you jump the corner the corner itself is not that big but um because horses won't necessarily see it until very late on riders are going to have to really sort of when they walk it really think about exactly where they want to be because I don't think there's really much room for error and then once you've actually jumped that corner you um go to a a hanging a smallish hanging log down the the mound the other side of the mound and then there's um another log on quite an acute angle I think you can sort of wagon out a little bit um and maybe add a stride or two if you want to get more square on to the to the final log but obviously if you if you want to go fast um you're going to have to sort of knife that angle a little bit more so it's the 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 fences on the mound themselves aren't that big but i would say yeah it's a it's a massive accuracy test basically it's quite interesting i think that we've all picked combinations that are in the first two thirds of the course and i speaking to some about this earlier I and mean, the fact that from the cottage more leap onwards you are sort of rolling downhill and um, and actually the technicality of the fences really reduces from that point onwards for sure there are some big fences but on the way home the horses have an easier ride of it in terms of technicality which i think is quite common at burley and and is certainly very deliberate it's quite a roller coaster at the start you kind of think yeah. you, you want to be on a little pony but then you want a really big horse to jump these really big fences but. yeah i think was it tom McEwen said earlier it's like tokyo on steroids basically how it's <laughs> going to be it's it, you know like you say quite ro- roller coasterish but obviously longer <laughs> and with slightly bigger fences so yeah and Ros Counter said it was like a CIC, so yeah, they're in the early stages, really yeah. tight, aren't they? So, yeah, she, I think she said she sort of think of Burley as being big and galloping, but actually in the first half of the course, or definitely the first third, it's, it's, there's not that much space to gallop round, so I think it, you'll see people will be quite probably quite far down on the clock by the time they get to the um, defender at the dairy farm, and then, but yeah, they can sort of bowl on home and not saying they'll be home and dry once they've jumped the dairy farm but you definitely take a sigh of relief i think a little bit once you've jumped those it reminds me a little bit it feels 
quite continental influences mm, there. Definitely. And, uh, we were talking earlier, weren't we, Martha, about sort of the prettiness of it as well. And the, Lots uh, of painted fences. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and the sort of arrow heads and, and things like that. everywhere. They're yeah. people. There's quite, they're quite odd, actually. I keep thinking they're, they're really real odd, people. Yeah. <laughs> when I was walking, I felt like I was being watched. And it, I was like, oh, no, it's fine. They're, they're just statues, but yeah. Uh, well, to, uh, to round off today's podcast, I think we've all got to make a leaderboard prediction for tomorrow night. Say what we think is going to happen and whether we think Vondrady Biats can hold his lead, whether Vitali or Korowe, who is currently sitting second or third, can move up, or whether it might even be Vanir Kamira, Swallow Springs or Pencos Crown Jewel who hold that top spot at the end of the day, or even someone further down if we want to go really wild. There are only seven penalties covering the top ten and in time faults terms, it's not a huge amount. Who wants to go first? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Martha. I think um, Vitali and Vanir Kamira and Swallow Springs are all going to be in the top three and they must be in that order I think okay. are they in that order now they're in that order now yeah I think if anyone is going to get the time it's going to be those three and I'm just you know going to go all out and say that they'll they're going to make it I really like Vitali. I watched him at Le Moulin and he really really impressed me in the first two phases and Tim's quite open about show jumping his that part that they are particularly working on um, but across country he looked amazing um, but I really really want Kitty King to still be in the lead yeah. and I think she can be after cross country day I think I think Peggy will be in the in front I think Vitali it's only his second five star Tim was saying about he's he's there for a green five star horse um, and yeah but equally I really do want Kitty to still be there as well because she, I, she's made no secret of the fact that she's absolutely gutted she didn't get selected to go to the Worlds um, so I think she wants to go and show them what she's you know what she's made of basically and her record her cross country yeah. record the last couple of years it is amazing yeah. and she says is, is this going left handed this track or does it yeah, go all okay that's Mostly, the way well, that's yeah. the way he goes less well isn't it she okay, said that at Babington okay. I knew that when it was going left handed it wouldn't go so well <laughs> no that is true and at Babington certainly the whole track went left handed and there were a few there were quite a few combinations that went left handed I haven't done a proper analysis to see if there are as many combinations on this track that are turning left handed so whether that will be a factor for him certainly Jules the Multings you turn right handed just thinking yeah. about that fence yeah. where you have to make a full circle the dairy farm is right handed the dairy farm is right handed yeah, and the def- the first time through the Defender Valley, uh, second time through the Defender Valley, that's slight right hand curve, isn't it? So although the whole yeah. track is on a left hand curve, it's possible that sort of pointing combinations where it's a little trickier for Kitty to turn won't be a factor this time. Well, I think yeah, I would also love to see Vondra Dubiets at the top. If you were going to say one horse to get the time, I think it'd be Vanir Kamira. Um, but I'm gonna yep stick it out for Kitty and say Vondra Dubiets still at the top of the leaderboard tomorrow. I keep checking the weather forecast obsessively um, this week, but sort of hourly at the moment because it keeps changing from rain to fine. And I think that, I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm not gonna, uh, saying anything, you know, hugely profound there by saying the weather's going to have an impact, but, you know, a wet year would. Have... What is the forecast for tomorrow, Lucy? Dry. I have not looked. It's now dry. It was wet. And, and it's I don't now think. Kind of non weather, sort of 24 degrees, light breeze. I don't cloudy. If there is any rain, it's not going to make a, a jot of difference at all it was spitting when we got here this morning wasn't it trying to rain and 
it's going to have to bucket it down all morning for it to for it to change at all i would say yeah and as you say it has been spitting a bit today a bit more than advertised i would add as someone who uh, is wearing not as many clothes today as you would <laughs> maybe like to if you were going to spend quite a lot of the day outside in the rain um but uh, you know i think i think shorts are always a good option when it rains because it's better to have wet legs than wet jeans so i'm just sticking to that Right, we will be back tomorrow to talk all about the cross-country day action. We've uh, better wrap up now because although we love chatting, we've all got more writing to do, videos to edit and uh, so on to keep bringing you all the content across uh, Horse and Hound's different platforms. So thank you so much for joining us this evening to listen to Horse and Hound's special daily podcast on the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. Talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.